Hello, everybody. It's the well, um, uh, Wrestling with the Willies podcast. It's me and Jeremy again. We're talking about, uh, we're doing another big episode, mostly because it was on the same weekend, uh, where we're going to talk about Clash at the Castle and uh, All Out from AEW. So um, I guess we'll start with Clash at the Castle, even though that there's like a lot of shit that went down during All Out, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, uh, so, for, like, I definitely see a difference in the matches and the pay-per-view style since uh, Vince McMahon retired. It's mostly because, I don't know, the matches feel a little bit different and how they uh, do promos and stuff like that. Like, just talking about, because we're doing it a little bit later than usual, like there was a promo that Kevin Owens cut on uh, Theory, it looks like. I, I don't know if they're trying to turn Theory a face at one point or something because of the promo, but, like, essentially they were saying, like, Kevin Owens came out and said, quit being a bitch and be a man, and just be good on just who you are. And then, so, it seems like uh, they're gonna do a feud, but, like, so, I don't know. It seems a little bit different. We didn't watch the kickoff show match, which was Madcap Moss and Street Profits versus Theory, Alpha, and Alpha Academy. Oh, so they gave Austin Theory back his name? I know that they were talking about yeah, they that. Yeah, they're pretty much giving everybody back their first name so austin theory got his uh i noticed that matt riddle got his too matt riddle got his uh tomaso champa got his first name back too well i didn't see why they ended up taking him out anyway uh, oh it makes it easier to say the say the name i don't know yeah that i don't just didn't make well, sense to me it. at all but uh so i think uh madcap moss and the street profits won but, like, I know that they were celebrating afterwards, and they were chopping each other. At, uh, Madcap was ch- chopping both uh, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. And then at one point, it was kind of funny. And Montez Ford's like, man, will you stop? <laughs> That's hurting. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> so, like, it was like a little backstage thing, I think, before we even watched the match. It was, like, on Twitter or yeah. something. And to preface it, too, it seems that the Street Profits must be really over right now because uh, me and my son actually went to the SmackDown after the pay-per-view. So um, the dark match was Street Profits versus the Usos for the tag team belt, which is kind of funny because they had already announced during SmackDown that um, the Usos would be facing somebody for the title on the next SmackDown. So, you know, obviously, you know, the dark match, who's going to win it. But uh, what I'm getting at is that the Street Profits, I think, hung out with the crowd about 10 minutes afterwards, after the match, uh, taking pictures and um, just goofing off with the crowd. Um, We didn't get the opportunity because they kind of were running all over the place. Um, But... But my son, he he got Angelo Dawkins high fived him a few times during the night, and uh, so. But yeah, he had a blast. But that, that was just a preface. I think they're really over right now, so it kind of talks into what you're, you know, getting at with the the antics after the pre or during the after the pre show match. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, which makes sense anyway. But like that's obviously Alpha Academy is a a really big time heel right now. At least Gable is because uh, out of everything, yeah, out of everybody at SmackDown, the one that got the biggest, I would say, if you would call it a heel pop or whatever you want to call it, he uh, he indeed was the one that got the loudest reaction. Well, um, when he pretty much tells people to uh, shut up. <laughs> well, he, didn't only, he didn't only say that. He talks shit about Seattle's basketball teams, which, you know, they no longer have. So um, <laughs> so he, he did a lot of heelish stuff. So, oh, yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, anything crowd. that gets it to work. So uh, yeah. pretty much. And then the opening match was Damage Control versus uh, Bianca, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. And of course, Damage Control were, were uh, like the were the ones that won. I like the new theme. I like the new name, especially for like the team name. And it looks like they also won the tag belts, I guess, which seems kind of weird to put it on Raquel Rodriguez and then uh, Aaliyah, and then like not even two months later. Actually, I don't even think that was like a month been later. That long, dude. Uh, yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. Uh, because they 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 actually defended them at the SmackDown, and they lost them at Raw last night or Monday night. So, um, but yeah, it, it seemed kind of odd. But I think that was a course correction. I honestly think they got a lot of flack because they didn't put it on them to begin with. So, and no one really understood the Raquel Rodriguez. Aaliyah thing and honestly it's really weird when you watch them because Aaliyah like smacks Raquel's ass a lot and she jumps up on her and hugs her and like after they won the match on Smackdown she kissed her on the forehead like six times I don't really get the 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 gimmick between the two of them uh yeah it sounds like then it just gives it an opening for like Aaliyah to get turned on by Raquel but uh, what's it called? Which is weird, but uh, I don't know. So it was a good match, though. I mean, not a whole lot of standout stuff, but like it makes sense when uh, because I think we were talking about how you guys watched the Charlotte Flair uh, Broken Skull Sessions thing. I think before this, and then yeah, me and about, me and Elaine did, yeah, yeah, and then they were talking about how Oscar is one of the safest workers. I'm like because she's been wrestling for, I don't know, like how long, probably like 20 years or something. So it wouldn't surprise me. But then, like, you knew that with all the combined people in this, it was just setting up for something for Bianca Belair and Bailey at one point, which I'm wondering if Bailey is eventually going to take Bianca Belair's title from her. The only thing that would make sense to me is going to happen with Sasha and Naomi yet. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they've been saying that there was talks and everything else, and uh, but I mean, there's been talks with like uh, Bray Wyatt and all sorts of people ever since. Like it was just seeing. We were also talking about how Braun Strowman. They said that they announced him on the Raw after the pay per view, which we thought that that was kind of weird instead of like him showing up as a secret dude, like on the pay per view. But I mean. Yeah, I thought it well what I thought was even strange, that's the only part that I'm not kind of following is the booking of him coming back because he came back on Raw after the pay per view 
And he demolished like Chad Gable and them. Right? It looked like he demolished like practically everybody except well, for like he did, but he really teams. focused on Gable and them. Well, on yeah. SmackDown, that's who he hit up again because yeah, Gable and Otis like came out. Yeah, it's and him. he's changed his theme and everything. So he's like, yeah, like it looks his like it's, it's up. And it looks like he comes out as the monster of all monsters now. And then he changed his theme, and it looks like he does a power bomb for his finisher now. Yeah, looks like, which I mean, understandable. Like how huge the dude is. So, uh, and, and you know, and that's what I was. I always talked about that, like. That's somebody who makes everything look easy. I mean, he picked Otis up like he was. Oh yeah, he didn't have a damn pounds. problem power bombing him. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, he's like way more small than he was, you know. But like uh, when he first started, but uh, I mean, I'm just glad that he's back, and I hope that they do something better with him. I mean, like if they end up building up like Braun Strowman or Bray Wyatt and stuff like that where they have them come back is just going to make it better for uh, giving competition to Roman essentially. So uh, what's it called? My match of the night by far was Gunther versus uh, which I want to just say Walter. Walter is a better name than Gunther. And I think it was everybody's because I think even Dave Meltzer gave it five yeah, stars. Yeah, gave it five stars, yeah. But um, Gunther versus Sheamus, they beat the piss out of each other for about 20 minutes and it kind of gave me the feel of like a bigger hoss fight than uh the Ilya Dragunov and Walter match from last year it just like it was very hard hitting and stuff like that where like pretty much it seemed like it turned to Sheamus because he was like a heel now he's like getting cheered and stuff so yeah, it was, and and I can attest on SmackDown, it was the same way. So, um, so the brawling brutes or whatever you want to call it, um, were against Imperium on SmackDown after the pay per view. So they they continued the feud, and uh, it's just interesting to see how Triple H is bringing everything back from when he was there, like. Now you saw the NXT logo is going back pretty much to um, what it was. And um, the funny thing was I've seen videos of that they're showing what Braun Breaker's next entrance will be. And you know when he broke down the X, the gold X, at the first NXT 2.0, it's like reversal of that. So it's like, you know, he's bringing it back instead of... <laughs> <laughs> it was just hilarious but but yeah it's just all of the stuff like imperium's back again and you know now you're seeing Shane Baszler more involved in stuff and um it's just funny how you could tell where triple h's head was at in terms of booking before because he's basically almost started from where he left off yeah pretty much and it just shows like that vince has lost touch with a lot of things and stuff like that. and that's why i'm kind of intrigued every time because definitely the pay-per-views have like a better feel for them like uh, this match was great and definitely they could do more matches after that then uh like even though that it seems like more people are like uh 
booing Liv Morgan for some reason, or at least at certain points. It's, it seems kind of, because, I mean, it's kind of like Seamus and Gunther and stuff like that. Gunther always seems like a heel character to me, just the way that he's portrayed. And it's kind of well, like that with Shayna Baszler I mean, with me, too. Huh? They just need to go all out with her, and I think a good feud for her, even though they're friends right now, would be her and Ronda. But, um... And they kind of, I don't know if they alluded to it, but Rhonda said something odd to her on SmackDown. Um, but I don't know if it was um, friendly or if it was, yeah. Well, yeah, because they, when Rhonda left the ring, and Rhonda's acting like a hill, like she wouldn't talk to anyone leaving the ring uh, on Friday on SmackDown when we were there. Like she walked right by us, she wouldn't high five anyone and she said she actually said stuff to the crowd like she wasn't gonna do that so she's acting like a heel but it's it's just odd and then when she was backstage with Shan, uh, Shana she said something to the effect of revenge or something like that and um, I don't know if it was referring to you know revenge on her or yeah so um Anyhow, so you know, based on SmackDown's result, Liv and Ronda will be facing each other next. Yeah, that's um, what I was assuming. I saw, like, I think it was a gauntlet match or something. That's the only thing that sucked about this match. I would have wanted to see Shayna win, even though I love Liv. Like, I think, like, organically, I think it would have probably worked better for that. And then, like... uh well, and that's what I'm wondering if they're actually it. ultimately working towards a Ronda Shayna thing. Yeah. Because cause I don't see Liv Morgan winning a third time over Ronda. Well, I'm just surprised that Charlotte hasn't shown back up and trying to take any of the titles yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm surprised she hasn't been on TV, you know, especially considering she was on Broken Skull Sessions. I don't think I've seen her return yet. Yeah, so that's why I was um, surprised that she hasn't shown up again. But I mean, uh, but that's why I'm saying, like, uh, I mean, I like, I like as to live in a pay per view. There weren't many matches. There were yeah. only six matches on the card. Oh yeah, and that's why you could tell too. A lot, unlike the women's match, it seems like the shortest one. Well, and that was the worst than, match. Uh, no offense to Liv or Shayna, but the way they booked that match was kind of weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, that's the only bad thing, but still, I just uh, I think that most of the matches have actually been pretty solid, and especially knowing that I am so psyched. I saw something on Twitter, too, knowing that the Judgment Day uh, match was the next one, where they went against Edge and Ray. Like, they said that motion, like, a lot of people were coming out and saying that Rhea Ripley looks like a female version of uh, Chris Motionless from Motionless and White. So then, I guess they got in touch with each other, and now he's making her new theme for WWE for like whenever she comes out by herself. And I'm like, dude, that is super. Well, she dope. does have a different theme. I don't know if she well, he's already. She has the, uh, I know she had the other one where it has the lead singer from New Year's Day playing it. But, like, it sounds to me that they're trying to do, like, a Judgment Day-type theme for whenever she comes out by herself, maybe. Well, yeah, she had one. That's what I'm saying. I think it was on Raw. She came out, and it was, like, 
it said brutality at the beginning and then the wings popped up when she came out and there was a different theme that was playing when she came out i couldn't key into who it was that was actually doing it though um so you might want to check out raw from monday when she came out with dominic well they said that they weren't gonna do anything with it just yet until like the 16th i guess or at least that's okay so maybe it's an interim thing because i know she came out to a different theme uh, on raw i mean it might be that they did put that motionless white song out and then they're releasing it for you to buy or whatever, like on the 16th, maybe. Yeah, because I thought I, I even saw, saw like an Twitter thing that they said that it was called like demon, something with demons in it. I can't remember the whole thing, but I was yeah, just intrigued. I, I saw her picture on some listen white uh, fan anyway. So, yeah, I know you were. <laughs> so anyway, this match was uh, like fine. It wasn't like great or anything. It's mostly because you knew who's gonna win. Like uh, I knew that Edge and Ray weren't, but I was surprised at the end where like they actually pulled the trigger on Dom Dominic uh, turning. It was funny. I saw something too later on, like because I guess like uh, when they beat up Edge on Raw or SmackDown, I think it was SmackDown. But uh, when he came out and they were making fun of like how he did the three amigos and they're like, Logan Paul did them better. I'm like, come on, man. You know, I'm like, you can't like expect some people to, I don't know, but, but also at the same time, he might've did that to just like piss people off on purpose, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I'm intrigued with this. It was funny though. I called out like it was funny how he low blowed edge. One of his shoes popped off. So, like, the first thing that and Dominic thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm getting rid of my other shoe. <laughs> Instantly, yeah, it's available worldwide Monday, September uh, 19th, Josh. That song, what? it's in her theme already. Oh, um, okay, that's what I thought, yeah. But, uh, but it's available worldwide on Monday, September 19th. So, you'll okay, actually so be that, able to download So, that was the new theme. She ju- they just, yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I was having a feeling it was. Anyway, it would seem like weird knowing that they wouldn't uh wouldn't do the theme first and then release it. Um, because I know that they've been doing that lately, where they have them do the themes first and then they release the themes later. I think they did that with Seth Rollins one at one point too. But uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just psyched about that. And, like, I especially like how Rhea Ripley is beating up on Dominic and stuff like that. So it makes sense why he would turn. It's like, fucking bitches, I'm tired of them beating me up. Especially a female. So, but, like, the, the match itself was, like, kind of boring. It wasn't, like, anything where I was just like, yeah. What the hell was that? <laughs> I wouldn't worry about all edit that out in the... But a video popped up on my Twitter. Ah, okay. But, uh, and then my probably second favorite match of the card was probably Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle, though. I don't know why they keep on adding the freaking thing to it, but, I mean, probably because it works with his character right now, like how he comes out 
absolutely ridiculous. Like this. Well, one, that's who he says he is, though. Like when uh, he comes up, yeah, he says he's Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah, uh, but he also says he it's Monday Night Rollins and all that other shit. So yeah. it's like you know. Yeah, like it was you, you funny. Can with anything the, really? It was funny how we were like saying like Riddle looked like a Patrick Star from SpongeBob, and then like, and then of course fucking Rollins had to come out in like this huge devil outfit, and this really shows the difference between Vince and Trips versions of booking. Like he let let uh, even though they bleeped it out, they let Riddle. Uh, curse, like say fucking, I think fucking shit or something. Like yeah, they bleeped it out at the point, but like you could tell that they were like letting him do more organic, uh, like uh, promos and stuff. I think that the, I'm wondering if they just stopped doing the scripted promos now, or at least uh, did them a little bit less scripted, maybe. Because it's yeah, I mean they're doing a lot of stuff different, so it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, well, like just the way that they brought up like their uh, situations with each other, like like Riddle's home life, and then making and doing jabs about Becky Lynch with them and stuff like that, felt like it it was a more a personal feud, and I thought it was weird how Rollins won the match too. Uh, but I mean, I'm assuming that they're going to do something where Riddle beats him at Extreme Rules or something, because I don't think it would be smart if they would do something where Riddle would lose to him at Extreme Rules either. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think. But who knows? Depending upon the way they want to book Seth, you know what I mean? Yeah, because I know that they're extremely high on Seth, which is understandable. He's a great wrestler. He's a good, like, good to slash great uh, promo dude. Like, he could talk his ass off if he wanted to. So, I mean, like, uh, like I could see why people are high on him anyway. And he's so, being smart on Twitter now. Yeah, exactly. He's not saying, like, a bunch of shit that's going to get him in trouble with the fans and stuff. That Which thing- I kind of liked. There was a post that I saw him write, um... Where he actually talked about not not just WWE stuff. He was talking about like AEW wrestlers. Oh yeah, he too. was mentioning uh, what was it? Well, one of the matches that we'll talk about during All Out. And he was he called out. I think it was the claimed versus uh, Swerve in Our Glory match. I, yeah. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he called that one out. And then maybe like one of the New Japan matches too. I think, but uh. Yeah, the amount of top-level in-ring content that happens weekly on TV is staggering. Gunther slash Fella, Roxy versus Miko, Ricky versus Mello, KO versus Theory, Roman versus Drew Acclaim versus Swerve. It's unreal. Appreciate that shit. Yep, is what and, he posted. Yeah, um, and that's what he should do. Like, I mean, like that's a that ultimately at the end of the day, that's what we are all doing as fans. They want to watch great wrestling, like and especially great telling uh, stories in the ring. So, like, that's the main thing for me. Is like I like to see good matches and especially good told stories. I don't want to watch a match where it's like Happy Corbin going against somebody for. The 11th million time. I well, and that's what's funny. I think that's the one thing that I've noticed, and I think other people have picked up. 
there hasn't been rebooking of shit since Triple H took over. Like, you don't see the same matches on Raw and then SmackDown and then the pay-per-view and then Raw again. You know, I don't know if since he took over, I've seen the same match. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I saw, what's it called? It looked like Johnny Gargano. Like, I saw on his Twitter, I guess he went against uh, Chad Gable or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's how, I wonder if they're going to bring back Team DIY again. Like, that would be cool if they did that and went after the tag talk. That would be an amazing match. The Usos versus DIY, though. That would be great. I mean, they don't even have to name themselves DIY either, but they would probably do it anyway just because they were built up like that in NXT. But uh, uh, I just like how Triple H has been doing stuff. Like, he admitted that they they lost to AEW. Like, right, like they pretty much, and like, he, and granted, he said that it was developmental, but like he admitted that they beat him that time, you know, and that was something that defense would probably never do. He would never like mention it on air and stuff. And I think that's just shows the difference between them both. And I think, and now they said that he was chief content officer now. So I don't know what that means. If it's like, yeah, and then they promoted Sean Michaels too. Oh, really? Where did he get to? I know he was head Um, of booking for NXT. They changed his title to like vice president of talent relation, uh, talent. I can't remember the exact. Yeah. They changed it again though. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that if they keep on doing well enough, I think it's going to get more eyes to, like, it's going to bring people back to watching it. Like, the only thing is, I think that Roman doesn't need the title anymore, and I'm, like, might as well talk about it now. The Drew versus Roman match, I was fucking bored. (laughs) I was bored watching this match because I'm tired of seeing the same match between him and... Roman match. That's yeah, what we talked about. Yeah, it's the same like, shit where he's like wrestled. Like, like it only picks up after like ten or fifteen minutes into the match, and then they go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and eventually it leads from either somebody cheating or like he hits him with a spear, and then it's over. It's like it's always the same type of match. They don't really change organically how he does in the match. Like, it's kind of like in most John Cena matches, they booked him exactly the same, and I think that's what makes him so boring to me. His heel work is great. I like what he's doing with the bloodline and stuff like that, but the matches just don't compare to, like, even if people say that he could go and everything else, like... When I watch his matches, they're fucking boring because yeah, he was the just same he, match. he was just named number one of the PWI f- top five hundred. Which how was that? Year. How was that? It must be <laughs> heel work. His heel yeah. work. And that's the only thing that I could see. Then, uh, like, because there is no matches except for the Kevin Owens feud that he did that I remember out of his feud that were great. Okay, and it was two or three Kevin Owens matches, even though that one of them sucked because the ending was stupid, like him trying to unlock the the uh, key on uh, or trying to lock 
uh, Kevin Owens into the thing or something like that. I forgot what it was. Trying to unlock him for like 10 minutes or something like that because it wasn't working. But other than that, he does the same Brock Lesnar matches. Pretty much every match of his is insert dude here. And this isn't saying nothing against Drew. Drew is great, and I definitely think he should be on a higher pedestal, especially when they get, and pretty much it seemed like they revolved Clash of the Castle around Drew. That's why I was surprised when they had Roman win, because they even showed, like, they did the Broken Themes, uh, Broken Dreams little intro beforehand, where they were building him up like, huge in the match like saying like it was like his last time to get the title or some shit so i'm like i was one of the interesting part too is when he sang with tyson fury at the end yeah i guess that wasn't supposed to be on camera yeah it didn't look like it that's why at one point after the match he sat there and was like are we even on tv all i know is that thank you blah 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 and went off and like that's what i'm saying it's like certain things you could tell, like, he should be deserving of, like, at least the top title. And, and sure, he got the title, but it was around the wrong time when he was... But you so- could also see what they're revolving around why he lost, too. Because now, on SmackDown, Karrion Cross uh, put him in, like, a sleeper hold or whatever at oh, the end. Oh, so they are do- so- doing something where he's doing a feud with Drew, then? Yep. Because I thought so, that that's what it was. Like, that's why Karrion Crosses was out ringside. But that's why I thought he was going to be more of a detriment to Drew. But really, it just showed that uh, Roman did, did what he usually does, which is get his family to intervene, where they introduced Solo Yeah, because this time it was the new Soka Sequoia, or Solo Sequoia. And again... I don't know what it is with, uh, they must love Rikishi's family, but, um, because, uh, he took the NXT North American title last night. Well, I mean, so the now, way that they were showing it was that Carmelo Hayes had it for a long time. Like, I think. Oh, no, I get I that, it, but now like everybody in the bloodline has a title. Yep. Yep. It's like, I, what? Yeah. And I don't think that they're like, they're just showing that they're like a huge force. And that's why I think that if Trinity and, uh, what's it called? And Sasha Banks come back, she should instantly go into the bloodline. Same with like Tamina. I think they, they, they could do something with Tamina and the bloodline too. If you're going to do Tamina's garbage, but yeah. Well, I mean, I, I agree with that sentiment. I'm just saying it gives her something to do and it gives it a reason for like, if she, gets the titles again or something you know like at least it gives her something to do and it builds up more of the bloodline i just get tired of seeing the same fucking roman match i'm so tired of seeing it and that's the yeah. big thing that's why i'm like it was a good to uh it was a good pay-per-view there wasn't any like really bad matches on the card like there was some good content on it i just don't like seeing the same match from like I, I mean, it goes same goes both ways, for Roman and Brock matches, both of those. Same with like Goldberg matches. They're the same fucking shit. They're like, oh, they come out of the gate, beat the shit out of somebody, and then eventually they'll do something and like beat the other dude. Like it embarrasses some of the guys or it buries some of the guys, and then it just does nothing for the other person. 
Well, and then so to go back to Shawn Michaels, he was promoted to WWE Senior Vice President of Talent Development Creative. Oh, so he probably does like all the the talent stuff for like NXT and then probably even up on Maine to try to like uh, help develop people's characters and stuff. I'm guessing. I mean, I, mean, I think that's all cool. we have to talk about for for Clash of the Castle, honestly. Clash of the yeah, Castle, right? and and by far. The best uh, pay-per-view, like, I wouldn't say that it's the best pay-per-view of the year, but, I mean, it was definitely by far the best pay-per-view that I've watched in the past couple of months, considered with SummerSlam and all of them, even probably better than Forbidden Door, even though the Forbidden Door was cool, but still, like... Uh, yeah, SummerSlam was the start of it. This is the continuing of it. So it'll be interesting to see what Extreme Rules holds. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think they should just get rid of Extreme Rules and, like, why don't they come back with old WCW pay-per-view names or something, bring back War Games as, like, uh, one on NXT thing and one on uh, main roster thing or something, you know, like, do something different instead of, like... Because when you do gimmick matches where it's about, like, one thing and then you don't even do, now it's up to the point where they don't even do extreme extreme rules matches for the whole pay-per-view. It's, like, one match that it's centered around. It's like, why are you calling it extreme rules then? Why don't you just make it a regular name pay-per-view and then have, like, an extreme rules match in it? But whatever, that's neither here nor there. So I think Jeremy didn't watch any of the kickoff for All Out. Uh, but I did I not. Wa- but I watched most of the matches, like uh, Jericho Appreciation Society, where it was Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello, which is Mello is supposed to be like Sammy Guevara's like last name or something. I don't know why they're naming her Tay Mello for. No, it's Mello's her-, her real last name. Oh, okay. That seems kind of weird then. Why did she name it Tay Conti? Was uh, Conti was like Conti her, was her first husband's last name, oh, I think, okay. or okay. something like that. I think I read about that um, before. Uh, was okay. the, um, that makes sense then. Because her last name's now Guevara, but it's Tay Mello. Yeah. It's, Mello's her middle name. Yeah. But uh, what's it called? So, um, and then they beat Ortiz and Ruby Soho, which was kind of weird because I would have figured, but I'm like, I forgot that uh, Eddie Kingston was in the match prior, like in one of the other matches, because I thought that it was Eddie Kingston and uh, Ruby Soho that were friends. So I thought that was the main linking content between them both. So it made sense why Ortiz was in the match instead. But like most of these matches were very short. Like uh, this one was only six minutes. So, and I think uh, Ruby Soho did something like got a concussion or broke her nose, I think. Oh, yeah, broke her nose in the match, which kind of sucks too. Because I mean, like with all the stuff that they did in the match, it was like, how in the hell did you break the nose? Like, I don't know what move she did where she broke her nose, but... Uh, well, she's another one that seems to get hurt a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you can't really help it. I mean, like, most of the time... I mean, you could try, but, like, uh, yeah. I mean, certain people were always like that, though. Like, I'm just saying, uh, in WWE, people. she was hurt a lot. Yeah. Like, once she got hurt, it's like I she just it continued like, to get hurt. Yeah, it seemed like her... What was it? I think her ACL blew or something. I think or her knee or something. 
I think this is one of the main things that she ended up having, I think, was her knee or her uh, leg or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, something. Sure. But uh, once again, so it was a quick match. It wasn't like anything like different. And I don't think that really Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello needed a win. But whatever. It's neither here nor there. Then there was Hook and Angela Parker. And uh, once again, Angela Parker was cool, but like... I don't know. It just seemed like they were just filling time with this match, and then Hook beat them anyway. Well, let's go. Kind of matches out. go. They only last about three minutes. Yeah, and then Matt Menard came out, tried to beat him up, and uh, I forgot who came in and interrupted it. Um, somebody came in and helped. I just don't remember who. Like because Matt Menard started fighting him, and I can't remember who came in and saved him, but uh. Then there was Pack versus Kip Sabian. I think this is the main one that, uh, like should have probably been on the main card, but it makes sense why it wasn't. Kip Sabian's show- gimmicks kind of weird with the bag over his well, head. Now it's kind of like okay, the the box over his head thing is kind of like Cody Rhodes' old gimmick, kind of like the uh after the dashing Cody Rhodes one where. He got hit in the face by Ray, I think, and then broke his nose. He started wearing this plastic uh, face protector on his face. I can't remember what he named that character. I think it was just Cody Rhodes, but like Twisted Cody Rhodes or something. But like uh, they did like a version of that where like at one point he was putting when he was wearing that mask, he was putting bags over people's heads well like uh, kip sabian lost essentially and then he was like yelling at the box like he was like arguing with the box like saying like he had multiple personalities or something and and then orange cassidy came out said that he was going to fight uh pack for the the belt which i don't think orange cassidy is going to win the belt either I think it already happened, too. I think it was supposed to happen on Dynamite. So, I don't even know if he won or lost or whatever. But, like, that's pretty much all they did for that. And it was only, like, 12 minutes, yeah. I mean, it was a good match, and it showed, like... I I like Kip Sabian. I just don't know if I like the gimmick that they're giving him right now. I just... I don't know. Like, it doesn't really make sense yet to me. Well, that's what I was saying. It doesn't make sense to me either. He came out with Penelope Ford, I think, on Dynamite when she faced, uh, geez, who am I? The, uh, Tony Storm. Jeez, I was drawing a blank who the new title holder was. Um, and she faced, she faced her and, uh, she's a lot better than I thought she was. Like, I think she should be pushed more than, uh, uh, is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I Anna think it's weird right now. I don't like, I don't know if you've noticed the way she, I don't know. It's because the, maybe it's because she's a heel now, but she's doing weird shit. And the way she looks at the camera, like when people are talking around her, you just pay attention to that. It's kind of strange. Anna J, like she's, she like smiles at the camera and gives these looks at the camera when other people are talking. It just comes off as fake. Um, at least to me, but anyhow, um, yeah, I haven't seen yeah. so much of like any Anna J stuff since she uh jumped well, in. She hasn't really wrestled all that much, but she's been like backstage with 
Jericho Appreciation Society, right? So she's been standing there next to them. And while the others are talking, she'll just give these weird looks. Yes. Like, it seems kind of weird now that they went from Dark Order with her and then they just put her in the Jericho Appreciation Society. And I think they only did that because her and Tate Mello are like, were a tag team at one point, but they showed that they were friends like outside of uh, wrestling. So they kind of just blended. I think that's the only reason why they put them together. Anyway, yeah, who knows? But then there was Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro Ishii, and that was like the best match out of the kickoff matches just because it was like a hoss fight. And they were billing it like uh, Eddie Kingston wanted it because they were saying like Tomohiro Ishii beat him in New Japan, like I don't know how long before. So he was saying that he wanted to beat. And Tomohiro Ishii, he was like, I've changed since then, blah, blah, blah. So pretty much saying that, like, he got stronger or he wants to, like, beat him this time. So essentially he beat him, but, like, they were smacking the shit out of each other. It was kind of like the Gunther and uh, Sheamus match in a way, but not as good just because there wasn't enough time in it. See, it was, like, 13 minutes, and they were telling this huge story between them about like beating each other up and all this stuff. But then it got less time than the Gunther and uh, Seamus match. So it seemed like kind of like they were just hurrying to the ending of the match, which of course Eddie Kingston won, but it was just cool the way that they built the whole match and stuff like that. And, and I really liked Tomohiro Ishii too. He's just like a dude that just, I'm pretty much like when I talk about Haas fights, where it was with Gunther and Sheamus, it was kind of the same thing with Kingston and uh, Ishii. So, and then we go straight into the main card, which was uh, the Joker or the Casino Ladder Match, which just made an embarrassment kind of like of all the other members that were in the match because it was Claudio, Constagnoli, I think that's how you say it, uh, uh, Cesaro's like whole name, and then Wheeler Yuta, Penta, and uh, Ray Phoenix. Then there was Rush and Andrade, and Dante Martin. Dante Martin seemed like the only one that uh was like by himself. Everybody else was like tag teams. So like at one point, I was like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna give it to Dante Martin or something. But then they were doing something with the Joker where they weren't revealing who the Joker was. And then like five minutes before, I think it was like, you know, like five minutes or like a couple minutes before the Joker was revealed, uh, Stokely Hathaway with Ethan page, Lee Moriarty, Colton and Austin gun and W Morrissey, which I'm guessing W Morrissey is maybe close to, um, Kaz's like real name, maybe. But uh, what's he called? And they yeah, all his real up. name William Morrissey. Josh. Okay, that's what I figured. But oh. uh, what's he called? So Stokely Hathaway. Everybody came out where they recovered their face. Blah blah blah. Then he grabs the Joker. I think he was the first one to reveal himself. And then he grabs the Joker chip, gets down on the floor, like or on the mat, and then like everybody else reveals their face. Everybody's all happy. So at one point, I thought it was going to be, like, fucking Scorpio Sky coming out because I didn't see it, like, because I I know that Ethan Page and him were, like, linked, so that's what, but I didn't know if, like, uh, Scorpio Sky was injured or something, 
but then they didn't reveal his face. He got the chip, and then, like, he, uh, so pretty much later on in the pay-per-view, it shows, like, who the Joker is. So, to me, it made, like, I don't know, like, the match was cool. Like, it had good moments. Yeah, the match it. was good until the end. Yeah. That's like, what I, I said. When the they ended, it was stupid. Well, like, it would have been fine if, like, maybe they would have done something where, like, I think if they would have booked it where the Joker came out and then all the dudes swarmed out, like, he, like, pointed to the ring or something, and then, like, all the people came out and then they revealed who they were, but then knowing that they all revealed who they were and then the Joker didn't show who he was, I thought that was a bit weird. Because it would have probably been better if, like, they didn't even reveal who they were the whole time, and then the Joker left, and then they found out that it was MGF, and, like, everybody else revealed their face at the same time. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think it just ruined it by them doing it the way they did. One, well, and, and like I said, when he came out, I knew who it was by the walk. Yeah. And just the body like, frame. Yeah. yeah, like I was sitting there thinking that it was Scorpio Sky at one point, but then I noticed his arms were white, so I was like, don't tell me it's MJF. Because I was like, if it, if it's MJF, that just means that they either worked people or, like, they gave MJF more money, <laughs> which I don't think that he deserved more money if that was the case. But, I mean, we which we talked about when he did the pipe bomb promo anyway. Or, like, whatever promo that he did where he's like, fire me, blah, blah, blah. That's why I'm wondering if he just, like, the whole time it was a work, pretty much, practically. Well, no, we'll talk about it at the end, but there's yeah. another one that this other thing might, if the if the MJF oh. one was. Oh, yeah. There's, this, I'm wondering if that one is, too. But Yep, I agree. Like, okay, so, the um, like, especially the way that it's built, right? Okay, so there mm -hmm. was a bunch of drama at the end of this pay-per-view like when they did their post-media scrum which we'll talk about more at the end but like it was elite versus hangman page in the dark order so pretty much essentially they were just saying uh, i think before they weren't showing that hangman page was going to come out with the dark order i think maybe up until like maybe the dynamite before or something yeah it wasn't because they were i think uh for a while there, the Young Bucks were trying to get Adam uh, Page to be with them. And then that's when Kenny Omega came back. So then that was kind of when uh, Page aligned with the Dark Order after that. Yeah. So they pretty much built this match around, like, how this is the first match that they came back where Kenny versus Hangman. And this was a damn good match. I really liked the match. I wouldn't say that it was my favorite out of the whole night, but I really liked the match. And especially I liked the finish, how if it wasn't for Hangman, he did the buckshot lariat and accidentally hit John Silver with it. I think it was John Silver that he hit. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but like you could f see how distraught he was that he was the reason why they lost. <laughs> He was like yeah, getting just, angry. And it, this is that example to me, though, where I don't know why the elite or Kenny Omega and them have to win every time they're in a match. Uh, it, it drives me nuts. I know they lost to the Young Bucks, lost to whoever it was, but um, oh, they win more than they lose. Yeah. 
I mean, like, and I'm surprised that people haven't talked about, like, because they were shitting on Cody Rhodes a lot when he was in AEW about, like, the being the boss type of, or the master booker type thing. Which is interesting because he also booked himself to fail. Like, when he, when he said he would never... Uh, go for the TNT title again or whatever it was. Or it when was he the lost. main title, yeah, when he, he lost to Jericho. He and kind of booked himself out of ever going for it again, and he did that early on, right? So it's like none of these other guys are doing that. Well, so that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm like, because you see that uh, Young Bucks are two-time uh, tag team champions. I think it's two-time. And now they're the trios or, well, since the scrum, they, they were the inaugural champs, but now it's a little bit different. But, like, I just thought that was a bit weird. But, like, if they were explaining it how they won, it was the best way of, like, showing. Like, I totally it, agree. Like, into the, Adam Page's head. Yeah, for them to win, it was the best way to do it. I, I mean, with Adam Page, especially with the storytelling going into it. Um, that it makes it still look like he might be turning. You know? Yeah, it just feels like the way that they're doing it is a slow turn for him. Yep. But, like, I definitely think that the Dark Order should have won just because, I mean, I think with the, the work they've been doing for the past couple of years since Brody Lee's passing and all this stuff, they uh, they should get a title. Uh, I'm not saying like it should be the trios belts, but it should be, like I don't think that the uh, the trios belts really needed to help the elite at all. I think they're just kind of past their belts now, kind of like they don't really need them. They're like such they're like some of the pillars of AEW right now. So it's like kind of like why would they need the belts? And, and, like, the Dark Order has been, like, putting in some of the best work lately, or at least especially with the stuff with Hangman, that they should have won damn titles. But, I mean, like, you never know. It might be a little bit different. But, like, I don't know. I just think that they should have won instead of the other way. But I do like the finish, though. So, and then there was Jade Cargill versus Athena, and I definitely think that Athena should have won. And know that yeah, it was the worst did. match of the night so, to me. Yeah, it's mostly because it was, I mean, if it wasn't for Athena, like, the match would have been probably way worse. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Jade Cargill's. I've talked it's about fair. this before. They're pushing the hell out of her, and I don't think that... Yeah, I don't uh, I think this is organically the one main match that she should have lost to. I like, mean, a green wrestler should not be 37-0. and 0. Yeah. I mean, that's in comparison to, like, Oscar, who went a hundred and yeah, someone that's wrestled first. But I mean, also at the same time, she's a different caliber of wrestler compared to like Goldberg. Goldberg would come out there and beat the shit out of somebody and then pin them and then leave. Jane Cargill gets her ass beat for like 20 or 30 minutes, which reminds me of like other matches that I've seen in WWE, how they book them where they they get their ass beat for so long, and then they just surprise, like, due to cheating or whatever the fucking reason is, they would just squeak out a win, like, every single time. And that's the main thing that always annoys me about certain matches. I don't like how you book yourself into a hole that way. 
I think you do stuff like that, it gets you into a bad thing where you need to depend on your fucking people to get out wins. And I think if you're trying to build her up as a beast or like a really great wrestler or whatever the fuck you're trying to explain her as, you shouldn't need her to have her baddie section with her for her to win. And that's pretty much essentially what it was. She would have gotten her ass beat right off the gate because it was like a four-minute match. But she pretty much put her in one eclipse like right off the bat, almost did another one, and like she Athena pretty much beat the shit out of her for most of the match, and then she would like have cheating involved, and then she put her in her finisher, and then it was it. <laughs> so it was like oh okay that's some bullshit uh, I like how she came out like She-Hulk and all that stuff though uh, so and then there was Wardlow and FTR a second favorite match out of this like, uh, uh, but I mean I like Motor City Machine Guns and I think this is the first match that you watched out of this but like they booked this match great too because- we had never seen Motor City Machine Guns before yeah, and they booked it, like, it seemed kind of weird knowing that the Motor City Machine Guns were kind of playing to the crowd when they're heels. I thought that was kind of weird. But, like, they booked this match perfect just because they had them do uh, certain things, right? Like, they and like they introduced the eight-year-old brat comment at the beginning, and then they had her, uh, Dax's daughter came out. And yeah, I was going to say, they continued the storytelling, and that's the one thing that I've noticed that AEW's done way better than D- WWE um, is the storytelling part. Like, with uh, the daughter being involved, uh, continued the whole them being up on Dax's promo about his daughter. So they just continued it, and then they ended it, ended the match with the daughter being involved too, or ended the, the segment, I guess you can call it. Um, with the daughter being involved too. That's so. what I'm saying. This is probably my second favorite match, just because of the base uh, basis around the whole thing, and especially the finish. I thought that the finish was cool. Like, and especially, I liked how like it didn't happen on uh, at the pay per view, but it was like I think it was the this past Dynamite where Wardlow came out and beat the shit out of somebody, and then came back and he was like, "I see how everybody doesn't think that I've done shit." since I got this title, but I'm showing that it's Wardlow's world, bitch, and, like, left. I was like, damn right, that's what he should do. He should shit on anybody that's, like, complaining on, like, him winning the belt or, like, being overshadowed by the MJF stuff or whatever. That's why I thought that that was a cool promo, and if he does this shit, then that's going to be awesome, like, for him going forward. So, like, this whole match was cool anyway, like... Uh, especially I like the powerbomb symphony. I never get over like, especially if you're trying to really beat somebody, I think you should definitely do like 10 damn powerbombs to somebody. <laughs> well, the powerbomb symphony is like the suplex city stuff for Brock. 
Except it's a power bomb, but to me, it's more forceful with a power bomb than a suplex. Oh but- yeah, especially the way that he does a power bomb, then picks him back up and throws him back up, and does it again, and he does it over and over and over, and, over. and then he plays off to the crowd like, "Hey, do you want another one?" Before he finishes with the pin. That's what I like about it. It's like he's like going, he's being organic with the crowd and being like, "Oh, you want another one? Okay, then if you want another one, then here you go." So, yeah, and then there was Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks. I thought that was was weird where Hobbs won. Like, but, like, I agree, was, but it points to a push for Hobbs. Is yeah, what it points that's to all to it me. seemed like, and it kind of like buried uh, Starks a little bit. But I liked Starks' ring gear when he came out, too. Like, I, I, it looked like he was trying to be a biker, though, like when he came out. But, like, well, his funny. entrance was a bit different and stuff like that. Going back to the cruise, you know, that we went on, uh, both of them were on it. And I've, I don't, I remember I did not care for Starks before. And I didn't really care for Hobbs before either. But after the cruise, I started to like Starks. And, but Hobbs, I have disliked even further. Um, but so this yeah this booking is just weird i know they have to do it because they were like tag team or whatever you know they were together most of the time so to so to turn both of them you kind of have to break them up yeah it just seemed kind of weird knowing they had hobbs win it like yeah i agree the match of the year is the next one though and then fucking 505 five minutes for that match but yeah yeah okay so match of the night definitely probably one of my favorite matches of the year was which i definitely didn't think i was gonna be like thinking that highly on this match but it just worked man oh like, yeah I, and we, our we, glory and the claimed holy we talked shit. again that we weren't i wasn't all hyped up for that match but easily to me the best match of the year yeah they fucking did so well okay so the build-up to this was like i don't remember how they got into it but they did some good promos at one point like acclaims was shitting on like the swerving our glory and then swerving our glory came back and like they were talking to like the acclaim called them like timon and pumbaa for swerving our glory i thought that was funny but then i liked how swerve came back and they said like he was giving out he was the bad link out of the tag team which was talking about bowen's so he was the one who kept letting uh, Max Caster down. And I liked how even in the match, they introduced that thing where like he had a knee injury, like he was getting his knee hurt the whole time. And he was selling it like a motherfucker the whole time. And then, so the, just the buildup and everything that went into it, the crowd even turned on swerving her glory. And they even worked the rest of the match. They thought of it, organically and decided to turn heel just in the match alone just to add more intrigue to it and like swerve i think was the only like kind of true heel in the whole entire match but well, like, yeah because even at the end uh keith lee wanted to he shake, wanted a uh, scissor uh scissor um and Bowen's, by the man. way, I got to try to, like, probably on, like, next paycheck day, I got to get the Scissor Me Danny ass shirt. 
that, that I think it's the number one selling far. shirt right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great damn shirt. And I told somebody at work about that shit, and she was like, "What the fuck, really?" And I'm like, "Yes, that would be hilarious." They're like, "That's just dirty." I'm like, "That's what makes it funny, though." <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it just made me more of a fan of like acclaimed. And if they didn't turn before, that if they weren't uh still a heel team before this match, they were definitely a face team at the end of it because yeah, they were going crazy for the acclaimed. There will be a rematch. Yeah, and I definitely I the way that they built this match had made sense for Swerve to win. But like, if they would have just went organically and was like, you know what? We're going to drop the titles to you guys just because of how much that roof would have blown oh, the off. the would have went apeshit. Yeah, they would have went apeshit if they won. Like, just about the near falls alone. Like, we were like, holy shit. So definitely, probably at least one of my top three favorite matches of the year so far. This is definitely going to be covered in our favorite matches of the year. I definitely know that for sure. So, oh, it's my number one so far. Huh? Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what i'm saying like um, like nothing could touch that one then there was tony storm okay so like uh i don't remember two weeks or something behind thunder rosa decided to drop her belt for uh for injuries she's injured or whatever or something but yeah which i've been hearing contrary things in the news about so what's it called and so they decided to do a four. Like I think, if anything, they were already planning for Thunder Rosa to get beaten by Tony Storm in this because just the way that the match felt. But like Tony Storm, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida seemed like she was just an extra person in this group. Yeah, I was just gonna say and that then, to me the match was just blah, but they did start to point out and i hope they go this way they continued it on dynamite with Britt baker and jamie hater oh uh, they having did. issues oh nice so that's cool so, because i mean like i was like oh it would be cool if jamie hater won or whatever but they like took too long in the match for them to finally do that like it was like the last like two or three minutes before they really did anything so Anyway, so Tony Storm won. It wasn't like anything like memorable. It was just like a regular match. And then like if they would have done it like halfway during the match, because it was only like, yeah, 14 minutes. If they would have spent like, I don't know, first four or five minutes into it. And then they did the Jamie Hayter thing and where like she was pinning somebody and then Britt intervened or whatever you know like did something like that and showed the seeds for like her turning on her and stuff like that i think it would have been better in the match but like uh pretty much essentially like tony storm beat i think she pinned tater right i think she did i, I believe so yeah so like it uh, bled into that so like from why tony won but I mean, I like to, I love Tony Storm. I just don't see that she's been really doing anything in AEW so far. Kind of like Ruby Soho. I think that they've both been kind of like. Well, uh, Tony Storm's existing. done more than Ruby Soho has to me. I feel that Ruby Soho, well, I said it at the beginning. I think she keeps getting hurt. So it's kind of hard to, to give her a push or whatever if you keep hurting yourself. 
So, um, but that goes into the next match, which really wasn't a match. It was yeah, it was more like a squash match, a, a where, squash match with a heel turn. But I found out why. I guess Christian Cage is hurt. He tore his tricep, so he's Ooh. he's he's going to be out for eight months. Uh, oh, so, so that's probably that why, probably it, did, why yes. it went down the way it did. Um, yeah, where like Luchasaurus turned again. And yeah. was like they're like, oh yeah, like he can't. So at one point, Jungle Boy's coming out to try to be like, "Where's Luchasaurus at?" Then he comes up and sneaks up behind him. Then I think he choke slammed him on the grate, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" His back was like Swiss cheese. Like, oh yeah, it was it was and pretty then, nasty. And though. then I was like, after we saw that, we're like, okay, it's pretty much done. That <laughs> like, and then did the unprettier, and then it was over. So, uh. Yeah, and then you said, like, that you, you can't believe how somebody would land from the unprettier. Oh, yeah, I, I've always said that ever since he did it years ago when he was in WWE. It's the meanest-looking move I've ever seen. I, I, It's like, that one looks like it would hurt regardless of how you do it. I, I just don't know how you can, when when you basically land on somebody's head. But, um... I yeah, so and then there was uh Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson. Second you know what's funny about this match, Josh? Huh? I see that it was twenty three minutes. I do not remember this match at all. Yeah. Like I mean like oh what's it called? I liked it. I mean I didn't say I don't think that it was the best match on the card, maybe second or third. No, I saw it. I don't remember the match. The black match was better than this one was. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't remember this match at all, though. Like, I can't even remember a specific spot from it. Well, I mean, Daniel Bryan was beating the shit out of him. Did the cattle uh, cattle mutilation, which they didn't have him do in WWE, which they could have had him do that move. They could have just said that it was like named something else other than cattle mutilation or decapitation or whatever the fuck. Whereas, like, he does like holds two arms and then he like flips over on him and stands on his head uh, and then does like a submission that way. He did that a couple of times and he like pretty much beat the shit out of Chris Jericho. And then, of course, Jericho, like, going through the Lionheart versus American Dragon thing. Of course, he had to cheat at the end because, of course, Chris Jericho is going to cheat at the end, no matter what. Sowing the seeds for Daniel Garcia to eventually leave the Jericho Appreciation Society to go to um, uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, and especially during Dynamite where he, he beat Wheeler Yuta for the belt. I mean, looks like a great match, though. I only saw, like, the very tail end of it, but it looked like it was a great match. But, uh... So it's sowing the seeds for, like, Jericho to, like, not do anything with Daniel Garcia. But, like, it it's just strange. This is a great example. Jericho, okay. doesn't, Jericho doesn't lose very often. And yeah, it's like, I know. That's what I'm saying. They book him high every time. Like, even, and like uh, he lost to Eddie Kingston, but then he didn't shake his hand and do all this stuff. So it was kind of weird knowing that they do that with him. And especially, I don't think he really needed the win. I mean, like, no, he even if That's he cheated, I was saying. he doesn't. He could lose almost every match and still be high up on a card. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, and that's the main thing that I didn't like about it. But like the House of Black one was great. I definitely think that that was a better match, just because. Uh, I mean, Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro. I liked how like 
uh, Miro was like fighting himself to the Fels of Black. <laughs> like, well, I love that and this part. This goes back to the storytelling. Like, all of these guys were involved in stuff with House of Black, so it made sense that they were all in a tag team against them. Unfortunately, it looks like Malachi Black might be done with AEW now. Um, don't know how long or if it's just a, you know, a it's temporary a thing while he gets yeah. his head back straight well, or whatever. Well, I mean, it but... looks like they did the trademark for House of Black, though. So maybe that way he can't do House of Black and WWE if he decided to go to WWE, I guess. Yeah, but maybe. if he goes back to, he would be Alistair Black, would Well, he? I think they were, did special terms in his uh, contracts or something where he can't, like, wrestle anywhere else. So that's why well, I don't I think that, he's going to... That it could be a six-month break, but yeah, I don't see him going back to AEW afterwards. Well, I mean, it's possible. The one that makes sense would be go back to WWE because that's where Zelina is. Yeah. That's that's why I'm wondering if that's, like, what was going on. But like, Well, yeah, Triple H has taken over now. So I guarantee you they talked. Yeah. Guarantee you. sure, yeah. So that's the main thing, especially knowing that it looked like he was bowing to the audience. So it's kind of like he he blew kisses to him and everything else. And then... Everybody else hugged him, like yeah. uh, Brody, uh, Brody, and uh, Buddy Matthews. I mean, that team is just so good, though, and especially I liked the new like entrance. Even though that, like, if this is the end of it, that's kind of sucks because I mean, like, I do love the faction. <laughs> well, they can continue it. Yeah, well, they just would figure out too. a way to continue it, right? I mean, yeah, that's the main so. thing. And this was kind of like the the latest one. The last match on the card was pretty much the most controversial. I think pretty much everybody figured that CM Punk was going to win. The way that it was like talking about, oh, Chicago is this uh, survives and stuff like that. But like the match was kind of boring in it. Oh, it was. Know? But holy yeah. shit, can the dude? I he must be showing his age. And I know you're a huge fan of him, Josh, but. The dude has wrestled twice and gotten injured twice now. And it's doing some weird shit in the ring. Like, he broke his foot jumping into the ring last time. And then somehow he to- he did something to his tricep by doing a suicide dive. Yeah. Like, I've loved CM Punk for a long time, right? And now... Especially off of this thing. So, okay. So, like, pretty much everything was kind of like, I don't know. It was like not even a better version of their first match where it was like a squash match where uh, Mox beat him, like, within, like, I think it was like five minutes. They did, like, a thing where they didn't even tease the foot thing throughout the whole match and then eventually uh i think cm punk was start bleeding i don't think mox started bleeding but uh eventually they were just doing all this stuff back and forth back and forth and then like then it just kind of ended where mox or mox lost to him and i was like okay and then they were doing a kind of like a play on like how it was when he beat him the first time where he gave him two gts's and that was over that's totally fine the problem was was Okay, so I should might as well say the post-media scrum that they had, they had CM Punk on it. I'm guessing that he was on first. 
Like it was like right after they finished the pay-per-view and then he was on there first. And that's why he said a lot of the stuff that he did. So a lot of people didn't like what he said. They thought that they should, and like he was burying like the elite and page and stuff like that. So like the main thing was like that they were doing this stuff. They were explaining like he sat there and he was talking about the call. Uh, Scott Colton which was Colt Cabana, they were talking about in the news, this was like, I don't know, like a week or two before the pay-per-view, that Cole Cabana is being held down because of CM Punk and all these rumors saying that like he can't perform on like AEW anymore because CM Punk's there. So pretty much he even says it in the media scrum, which I, I think some of the people didn't watch the whole thing. They just watched tidbits of it because I watched most of the the interview i think i watched the whole thing actually like and most of it was him saying like he was like i cannot believe i have to come out here and talk about this shit right now because this is in the news he's like i usually don't mention it but now it feels like i have to so he sits there and says uh, stuff where like colton was owing him money and all this stuff like he would pay for his bills and all this stuff and then he kind of like uh, said that he had receipts and uh, conversations that they had together. So, like, all the stuff that he's saying is true. Like, how Cole Cabana had a, uh, an account with his mom on it, and then he decided to drop the, the suing thing because he found out that, like, I guess they would have went against his mom, too, which is understandable. But, like, so they, like, he pretty much goes out and says all this stuff, and then he sits there, and then he says, like, the reason why I was pretty much essentially sad was because it was the uh, the EVPs, which is pretty much, I think it's the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are the EVPs. I don't think Hangman is one. But, like, and they sent out stuff like rumors to the uh like fightful select and all these other news companies that uh this happened right like that like they were like he was holding cole cabana down essentially so he was just like well fuck you for saying this shit and then it seemed like he just went overboard and bitched about hangman page about why he came out and, and kind of like buried him during the promo that he said like the week previous or whatever before he lost the belt and all that stuff like it seemed like he was bitching about hangman page about certain things and went a little bit haywire throughout the whole thing it sounded like he was just airing his grievances and then eventually they fought like the elite and uh cm punk and a steel which is like his friend that came out on uh dynamite the week prior and then they fought, and then they're all suspended. So everybody doesn't have titles and all that stuff. So pretty much, essentially, if it's a work, then it would be a damn good work for, like, but I don't think it is. Like, they even postponed being the elite and all this stuff. And then some people are, like, saying that Tony killed being the elite. I'm like, no, if he's suspended the young bucks and shit, they can't talk about do being the lead with any of the people there. So, and then also at the same time, they had being the elite before they even had AEW. So he can't do anything. That's not his property. 
unless he sold it to, well, unless the young folks sold the thing to that and to Tony Khan, but I doubt it. So essentially, a uh, bunch, a big Punk shit just, show. Huh? CM Punk just looked like a real dick. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It sounded like he was being a real dick, but also at the same time, like it sounded like he was just being honest about shit, trying well, to squash the f- bullshit. But like the but stuff the fun- with Paige, I don't think it needed to be mentioned, or the stuff with the EVPs, I don't think it needed to be mentioned. No, either. it didn't. I mean, I I totally grasp if stuff was in the news about Colt Cabana that he wanted to squash that, but all the other stuff didn't need to be said, yeah. and that's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it's funny when they talk about that, when you look at old promos of CM Punk or even other wrestlers in WWE, you start to wonder now, like, how accurate were those promos? Like, were they were they shoot promos? Oh, like, like some of the promos that they... Talk about CM Punk and Cena would talk about him. And you tend to wonder now if they were shoot promos because of the way this went down. Anyways, I'm not going to say much about it. I think CM Punk, it was a dick move, and I don't blame the the guys for being upset backstage, especially if they didn't really say anything. Well, that's the main thing. That's why I was like saying that I don't think it really being. Uh, that's why I'm talking about like the Scott and Colton thing, like the Cole Cabana thing. I think he he was he was able to like squash the stuff for it, but knowing that he uh. And then he went after trying to, because, I mean, you don't even know for sure if that was him them. So I'm like them doing that shit and going into business for himself and calling them out, even though that there's probably not proof that he did it. It seems kind of like a dick move. So I just figured that we had mentioned that anyway. So, and yeah. what's the next pay-per-view? Is it Extreme Rules, I'm assuming? Extreme Rules is the next pay-per-view. Yeah, AEW is November. I think it's full gear, I think, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. So, so uh, what's it called? So, that'll probably be the next pay-per-view that we're going to cover on the channel. So, thanks, everybody, for like jo- uh, joining us for the pay-per-view at the, uh, or like for the results and the podcast and everything so like and uh i guess we will talk to you guys in uh in the next uh, month or something i don't remember when extreme rules is <laughs> I think it's like october 8th or something like that oh, it's okay. like at the beginning of october so it'll be in a couple weeks uh okay so i guess we will talk to you guys in october then yeah, and we'll check out our website and our YouTube channel in the in the um in your free time. All of our other podcasts are out on our website. All our videos are out on our um YouTube channel, The Heart of Geek. And the website's the heart of de- heartofgeek.com. So you'll find all of our stuff there. Yep. And thank you guys for uh joining the podcast. We'll talk to you guys in the next one. Have a good one. All right, well, dude. All right, yeah. I was trying to rush through it when you were giving me the notifications.